Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. And Loyalty Live is the session where we speak with leading agencies, technology providers, and consultants in the customer channel and brand loyalty space about what they are seeing in our industry uh, and how brands can drive unique experiences, enhance engagement, and most importantly, impact customer loyalty. Uh, loyalty Live allows for a deeper uh, analysis or a set of insight into the customer loyalty space as we surface challenges that brand marketers are having with regard to their programs. And these Loyalty Live sessions allow for a, a unique response from those who are actually putting forth solutions within the market. And it gives brands an opportunity to better understand and evaluate the challenges and opportunities that they have before them. Uh, in November and December, we spoke with a number of uh, entities who were at the 2021 Loyalty Expo, and uh, we got their feedback or getting their feedback on some things they saw at the conference and you know, what they see for customer loyalty going into 2022. So today we have Farrah Schultz, who is a Senior Director of Business Development at Kobe. Farrah, how are you today? I'm great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, first off, one of the things we like to do is uh, get a uh, a little bit, I uh, get to know the people we're speaking with a little bit better. So we'd love to have maybe a little bit about uh, your history, uh, what you do at Kobe, and in a fun fact, do you like to scuba dive? Do you like to game? Do you jump out of planes? Do you have 14 motorcycles? You know, what's a fun fact that you may have? Sure. So uh, I, uh, Farrah Schultz, Senior Director of Business Development, as you mentioned, uh, I have been with Kobe about a little over two and a half years and um, about 15 years of retail experience, uh, spent several years heavy on the digital side of things, and then sort of made a what I felt like to be kind of a natural progression into the loyalty space um, here in the last few years, and I've just fallen in love with it. Um, and I'm really responsible on the business development side for ensuring when we're talking to brands that we're putting the right solutions in front of them, uh, that we're looking at what the business impact is for them and truly what's going to make an impact for them and putting those right puzzle pieces into, into place. So um, it's been a really exciting and fun ride. And a uh, fun fact, um, I actually was a music major for quite a while and um, was uh, practiced in classical um, opera. So I'm not going to do any of that here today. <laughs> I'm not warmed up, but uh, yeah, now I just do it for fun now and again. And um love kind of singing and, and uh, meandering around the office. And sometimes we'll get little groups together. And we've got Dave Andrudakis, our chief innovation officer, playing guitar. And we've got some other people on harmonica. And we're, we're ready to have a band here, I think, any moment. There you go. Good. Um, perfect. So uh, conference you were at a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, what was it like to be uh, amongst other loyalty professionals again? Oh, my gosh. It was just a breath of fresh air. It felt so nice to be among other loyalty professionals again. Um, it's been a long time since we've been able to gather and actually be at conferences and the spending a year and a half where we've been in our homes and our homes have been our offices and remote work, virtual meetings, all that. It's, it's a lot to balance, but this opportunity to be back in person and in such an engaging kind of environment, it was collaborative, you know, all the different sessions, um, really insightful to see what's happening with brands as well. And um, there's just certain things that you can't do virtually, and it's just not the same. So I felt a lot of energy. I think everybody was excited to see people in like 3D again. 
Um, and it was just great to be back in front of colleagues. Okay, great. When uh, you were at the conference, uh, seemed to be kind of a unique buzz energy. I uh, heard that from a number of different people. Uh, you know, what were some of the key trends, topics that you heard uh, about at the conference? Maybe some of the challenges or opportunities brands are having right now. Yeah, I um, I think I heard there were a few things that stuck out to me. So one thing was around personalization and engagement. So. I think I'd probably venture to say that every presentation I was able to attend, I think the word personalization came up in conversation, um, you know, understanding how things have changed, understanding customers better, how you actually make that member experience more elevated. So that was something that was really top of mind. And I think that's fair. It's a, it's a big deal. And we know things have changed quite a bit over the last, you know, 18 to 20 months. And then I also, you know, in terms of engagement, I feel like there was a, we were starting to hear a lot more about, you know what, it's got to be more than just that transaction and just that moment at the you know, point of sale, whether it's a financial institution or a retailer, whomever, that you need to start talking to customers in those in-between moments and um, finding those moments in between the transactions. So, um, I think those two were really prominent. And then another thing that I thought was really interesting um, and was hearing more about, which is great, um, is partnerships. I started to hear a lot more about partnerships while we were there. And I think there's an opportunity to even expand on that more across other brands. Like some, some brands I heard are sort of dipping their toe in the water. You know, this is something that we've seen in travel and hospitality and we've seen in financial institutions, but, you know, we're starting to see it more in retail as well, how there's these complementary types of partnerships and thinking outside of the box to give those unique opportunities that are going to keep members engaged and interested. And, you know, when I think about partnerships as well, I think there's this great opportunity to leverage them to drive greater loyalty. So if you think about opportunities to lower your cost per point or, even building a, a relationship, like a reciprocity-driven relationship. Um, an example I was thinking of is, you know, that I think it could be an opportunity is when we think about partnerships and the current supply chain issues, for instance, like how can you start to make a really special moment and kind of member connection there? Um, say you have a special quantity of a product that a member can't just get anywhere else or under regular channels and you are able to share that with a member and, and that creates this moment and this sort of emotional connection um, that can really build that bigger kind of, uh, you know, big L sort of macro brand loyalty. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Huge opportunity that I think that the collaboration between brands and partnerships is something that we see uh, significant growth and interest in for sure. So it's great to hear that yeah. uh, you're seeing that as well. You, mm -hmm. you, you gave a presentation on emotional loyalty. Uh, there's a great deal of interest in emotional loyalty. You mentioned reciprocity. That's one of the you know, the key levers of the the Kobe approach to uh, reciprocity. You know, uh, to emotional loyalty, reciprocity, and habit. Uh, and then when you look at uh, the, the session, what did you talk about during the session uh, regarding emotional loyalty? Yeah. So. Um, we did. We focused on emotional loyalty. Um, Adeline Heyman, our Associate Vice President of Strategy and Insights, led uh, that conversation. And, 
you know, we we understand that customers have key motivations and it you know matters when they're they're talking about making purchases it matters when they're making purchases decisions it matters you know in a landscape that's greatly broadened with tons of competition it matters how you stick out and create that experience for them so you know, at Kobe, we're always thinking about and, and truly believe you have to go beyond just a transaction or just a behavior to and understand the emotional motivators of your members and your customers. And that's going to drive that really big um, brand loyalty that we're looking for. So Kobe has a tool called emotional loyalty scoring. You know, we, we feel so passionately about this. We developed this proprietary sort of methodology and process around it. So it is intended to really put a quantifiable measurement behind emotional motivators. Gives it, you know, our brands that we're working with a greater understanding of their customers and their members and allows them to help build out those better customer profiles and customer experiences along the way. So- we talked a lot about what those motivators are, and there's three, you know, you mentioned one of them, reciprocity. There's three emotional motivators, status, habit, and reciprocity, um, how customers might be a blend of a couple of those, how they might, but they're going to probably lean heavily in, in one of those three. So that feeling of status, you know, being elevated, special access, getting something different than what everybody else can get, um, habit, which I think sometimes people don't think is emotional, but you know, rest assured when you break somebody's habit, it's a really emotional experience. And then reciprocity, that kind of two-way relationship. You know, this brand's done a lot for me and I feel that it's important to do something back for that brand. So uh, we talked a lot about how to actually put that into practice as well. And what that means is we go through the process. So now you have a score, like what do you actually do with it? And what's that playbook that comes after? How do you start to tailor value proposition and benefits and look at even communication structure, um, even things like MPS moments as well. So those were a lot of the pieces that we talked about during our presentation. Okay, excellent. You know, I know a lot of people were coming up to you, talking to you guys afterward. Uh, there were some other people talking about emotional loyalty as well at the conference. You know, what were they asking, brands asking of you after the session? What were they asking uh, of you? Well, what they should be doing, considerations they should be thinking about? You know, well, what was some of the feedback uh, for the, your session? Yeah, yeah. I feel like we heard, you know, that that last part that I was just talking about, about how to actually put it to work. I feel like that's where we got a lot of the questions like, yes, like I'm into that. Like, I get it. I understand. I want this thing. Like, I, I do want to understand emotional motivators, but like, how do I get there? And then like, what do I do after that? Um, so it was, you know, it was interesting how many clients that we work with, um, they have a notion of what emotional pillar motivates their customers. Um, and I think we heard that a little bit too, like, well, I think, you know, I feel like our customer base is more like this than this. They're more status than they are reciprocity driven. And so we talked a little bit about actually how we've gone through that with clients and that notion that you have is is actually can have surprising results where we figure, you know, clients that think they might have really habitually driven type of members actually have more of a reciprocity driven type of membership base and how that starts to tweak it. So I think there are a lot of questions around like taking that hypothesis and elevating it to an actual data structure and then actually how to bring that let to life through your MarTech stack and how that starts to really, you know, become a tangible touch thing that you can do to make an impact. Absolutely. 
When you look at uh, customer loyalty, it's growing in importance and impact for brands. You know, are, is there uh, kind of a piece of advice or a couple of things that brands should be considering with regard to emotional loyalty uh, to enhance their customer loyalty efforts? Or so certain things that brands should be doing or one or two things that you think are very important uh, for them to consider? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we really feel like just having a loyalty program um, it, it is not enough anymore. So creating those strong relationships with customers that are going to drive a longer lasting relationship that are really going to elevate customer lifetime value, um, that you have to be looking at those touch points of emotional loyalty throughout the journey. So it, there's so many different moments. If you think about just um, consideration all the way through um, reacquisition and what that looks like and, and the retention moments in the in-between, how you can start to affect those micro moments in someone's journey. Maybe it's around service recovery after they've had a, a bad experience and you're able to actually play upon those emotional motivators to set, you know, to, to help mend um, some of those service woes, for instance. You know, when we think about supply chain again, which is so top of mind, how do we how do we start to use emotional motivators to be put to work in those types of moments? So, you know, personalized communications, if we go back to personalization a little bit, um, that's this opportunity where you, you're going more than, hey, Mark, or hi, Farah, you know, you're actually being able to talk and speak to them the way they, they want to be and the way they want to be spoken to and, and the way that's going to engage them most. Yeah. Um, so I think it's focusing, you know, to me, it's a lot with emotional loyalty. It's a lot about focusing on the relationship versus the transaction piece of it. And, you know, transactions are important. I'm not dismissing transactions are important and ROI is important and all of those things, but really how you start to make a relationship and understand that you're giving choice and optionality and um, understanding preferences and actually putting to, them to work across channels. Okay. When you look at uh, the session, uh, the conference uh, more so, you know, were there some uh, topics or sessions that you thought were very interesting, unique, timely, uh, you know, uh, at the conference, uh, or even topics that kind of stood out aside from emotional loyalty? Yeah. Um, you know, one that that it stuck out to me, um, but is is also not necessarily surprising. But I think it was interesting to see how many people leaned into it. Was a on, you know, digital and mobile experiences, um, yeah. obviously with, you know, that change from brick and mortar and store closures and all those things that everyone had to contend with, whether it was QSR, whether it was retail or whether it was a financial institution, that imperative nature that, that inherently came with, with the pandemic around making that mobile first or that digital experience really seamless. So, it was interesting to see how different brands went about it. So was it a more convenience-driven experience or was it meant to be more gamification and, and content-driven, how they looked at those different pieces? So um, I think that's something that really stuck out to me. Timely and relevant, but um, you know, really how each brand is going about it is, is a little bit different. So that was interesting to see. Okay. When you look at uh, you know the conference, were there some things that you thought you would see that uh, you didn't, or things that you didn't think you would see that uh, you did see? Yeah, um, you know, one thing that I was expecting to probably see a bit more of, and and didn't, um, was around financials. 
Um, I think there, you know, we've talked about some of the topics that I felt were really prominent um, throughout, but um, looking at the financials, the impact and changes as the, you know, pandemic starts to loosen its grip. I sort of, I, I, I found myself expecting to hear a lot more people talking about like, oh my gosh, like we just, this is such a roller coaster ride. We're, we're really starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we're reevaluating what our, our value proposition looks like to our members. We want to understand, you know, we want to look again at our tiering mechanisms. We want to understand the liability. Um, we really want to understand what's working and what's not from a financial perspective. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, how to treat members differently based on that relationship with the brand. So, you know, meaning that balance of rewards, um, you know, your, your best, highest value member, you might want to treat differently with, uh, you know, more softer benefits or those less frequent, you know, one-timers, you know, might want to start looking at vendors, some of those partnership type of offers. Um, but then you have that, you know, what we call that movable middle, which there's so much influence that you can have there um, in terms of where you're you're prioritizing your budget. So those are things like that we're thinking about all the time um, in terms of the financials because we know how important ROI is um, and, and return on marketing investment as well. Um, but yeah, so I think that that understanding of ROI or and you know liability and some of those more nitty-gritty sort of behind the scene things, I I, I think I expected to see, but probably didn't see as much of it at Loyalty Expo. Okay. Yeah. It, it's interesting. And kind of last uh, area of interest, uh, at least for, for me, is uh, kind of follow up is when you look at the, this idea of metrics, it is a big challenge for brands. Uh, you know, new technologies, integrating new technologies, those are, are obviously uh, cumbersome to begin with as well. But, you know, getting the metrics, uh, you know, there are, there are a couple of sessions there on metrics and measurement, you know, proving incrementality, proving ROI, proving customer lifetime value is a challenge. You know, you know, the last question I have for you is how should the industry or how should we be looking at some of those metric challenges, those metric opportunities, actually? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, so there's a big opportunity. Uh, obviously, metrics are they're, they're the name of the game at this point. Where we've left, you know, I think about even my digital days, where um, you could sort of spray and pray and, and um, come out on the other side and be okay, and didn't necessarily have to answer all the questions that I think brands have to answer now. Um, and I think part of it, one, is figuring out, uh, you know, understanding the metrics. With your customers, understanding the segmentation, understanding things that go beyond that transaction. So when we think about like triple play data, how you're, you know, you've got you've got tons of metrics probably around transactions, and you probably got a decent amount of metrics around behavioral um, engagement sort of metrics. But um, often brands don't have that emotional uh, category as well when thinking about metrics, but also how that starts to flow through, how that starts to flow through the pipes. And how you can actually measure it on the back end. So whether it's test and learn agendas, um, whether it's you know making sure we have a roadmap of, of ways to you know uh, ensure that we're we're adhering to those metrics. And I think there's also a little bit even taking a step backwards. Mark is thinking about do we really have our KPIs in line? Um, we feel like that that you know measurement at the end of the day has to be built off of these KPIs. So if 
you know, I think we hear some certain ones that are floated out there that don't necessarily, there's, there's either a little internal friction of what is the most important and prioritized. Um, so I think there's a starting point of kind of understanding that KPI and then getting the measurement behind it so that we're going, you know, understanding average order value and frequency and, and customer lifetime value and all of those pieces. Absolutely. I think that's a good point as well. And uh, it's definitely a, a growing area of interest. So you know, thank you for uh, shedding some light on that uh, area as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was great, uh, you know, learning more about uh, sad habit and reciprocity and emotional loyalty because it is a, a huge area of interest, uh, as you mentioned. And uh, it was great getting your perspective on the event and also customer loyalty in general. So thank you very much for taking the time to share that with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for putting on the Loyalty Expo and getting us all together. Um, looking forward to more conferences in the future and seeing everybody in person. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, everyone else, for listening. Uh, make sure you join us back for the next edition of Loyalty Live we have, which will be with Claris Commerce on December 2nd. So thank you very much and have a wonderful day.